With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my co-host, Savannah Dean. Everyone's favorite angry midget is not here today. Kevin, unfortunately, has some family stuff he's got to take care of. He's all good. Just, you know, family obligations come first, so we understand. He already sent his picks in to me, so I may modify them a little bit just to make sure he loses. But, uh, just kidding. But, <laughs> got a big show today. We got Thursday Night Football kicking off about right now. We got MLB signings. We got some big money thrown around. Heisman uh, predictions for me and Savannah, as well as uh, LSU cleaning up at the Walter Camp Awards down the street from me in New Haven, Connecticut. Plus, an interesting six-pack. Got some uh, some interesting um, beers that I picked out for for today. So it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a good show. So Savannah, we got a good, we got. A, I wouldn't say it's a good game tonight, but I, I'm excited to see what Lamar Jackson does. And the Jets are actually coming off a win, so they might actually put up some kind of a fight. Yeah, I think they might put up some type of a fight, but I still don't think it's going to be this, like, I, I still don't think it's going to be this, like, close game. I mean, Lamar Jackson really only needs, what, 23 rush, rush yards to beat Michael Vick, so I think I think they're going to put up a fight. It's, that I is going to be cool. It's almost going to be as cool as you silencing your phone while recording. Come on. <laughs> it was my computer. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Um <laughs> It's all right. My, it's all right. My, I have a family member in my house who basically makes the text tone from the old iPhones, but it's at a, a decibel volume that hurts your ears. But, um, yeah, I just, you know what? The Jets are kind of like that that team that, like, they're finally starting to catch. They're finally starting to semi-catch their stride, but it's so late in the year. At the best, they're finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. They're going to get smoked in this game. I'm just trying. I'm just hoping uh, Marquise Brown puts up a good game because he – I uh, – Finally start my fantasy playoffs in my big boy league, which I finished first in the in the league in at uh, ten and three. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. But um, yeah, I, I personally have, I have the Ravens winning by at least three touchdowns. I think Jackson's gonna put up a good game. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna. I have. I was gonna say I have them winning by seventeen. Yeah, I just it's not gonna be close. All right, next up on the list, we got some MLB signings. So. Savannah, I know you're you're getting new into the baseball world as you as we at this podcast have tried to immerse you as much as possible. <laughs> but two big signings, as me and Kevin brought up on Tuesday, uh, the Yankees and Garrett Cole were really close, and they apparently were. 
Uh, nine years, $324 million. You, That's a lot. And then uh, Anthony Rendon, World Series hero and former national third baseman, signs with the Angels, of all people, for seven years, 245. So somewhere, somewhere in southern New Jersey, wearing all Eagles gear and work, trying to bench press his house, Mike Trout is doing backflips, seeing that he's got another slugger in his lineup. So, I don't know. Both signs are good. I think the Angels are going to be competitive because the West is kind of the weakest division in, in uh, the AL. So you always have a shot regardless of who you are, really. Cole, the Yankees, let's hope he can handle the pressure of pitching for a big city because as much as everyone's like, oh, Houston's a big city, I'm like, nothing rivals New York. There's nothing that rivals pitching for the Yankees. It's it's just something different. It may Randy Johnson, who's maybe possibly the greatest lefty pitcher of all time, it rattled him for the first year after pitching in Arizona and Seattle and Houston. So it's gonna be interesting what happens with um Cole going forward. What do you think about the signing, Savannah? I think that's a lot of money. <laughs> First of all, that's absolutely insane. The fact that one person gets that amount of money. But were were the Angels in the mix for Cole? To begin with, because I could have, I saw. Yeah, they were, but fans like kind of we, mad that they didn't get him. Well, the problem is with Cole is that the Yankees, the the problem is a lot of teams don't have the the uh, Yankees money. Yeah. And the Angels are a big market team. They are a Los Angeles based team, but they're like the smaller team. They're like the they're like a, the Clippers of like three or four years ago, right before they got Chris Paul. Yeah. There's some hope there. They have their they have their budding superstar. Well, established superstar at this point, but the problem is, is like they just don't have all, and they gave Mike Trout basically half the franchise in money, so like they have to be smart. But Rendon is good because they they always draft well and they always have a good farm system. So we're gonna see what happens. It, it, the Angels are gonna be interesting this year. I like the move from Anaheim with the Yankees. It's still the AL East. You still have the Rays to deal with. You still have the Red Sox, even though the Red Sox apparently are starting to rebuild, which I don't get, but whatever. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see this year with Garrett Cole because the, the Yankees' biggest problem last year was their starting pitching. And now, like, they have a dominant number one starter. So it should be really uh, – they're either going to be a really disgusting team or they're going to hang around a little bit and just, you know, be a middle-of-the-pack division leader until the end of the season because they do have a really good lineup with Stanton and uh, Gilbert and um, Aaron Judge. So – I like the roster. I really do. Um, next up, we're going to college football here quick as we are moving right along. Savannah, quickly, so they announced the college football playoff on Sunday. Me and Kevin forgot to cover it because I, I think he wanted to avoid it for certain. Actually, who am I kidding? He just wanted to avoid it altogether. But basically, we have our college football playoff, and I'm excited, first of all. And by the way, I'm going to plug this for my boy. Our guy, fellow, a friend of the podcast, Thomas Black of the Blackout on Belly Sports Podcast Network. Check it out. Great college football podcast. He is doing a bull pick All three of us corner booth hosts are joining it. It starts, I think, in a week and a half. It's a free slap after ESPN. I'll get the information. I'll post it on our Twitter. Uh, join it. Uh, play. I think, I don't know if he's doing a giveaway or not. If not, either way, just join it. It's going to be fun. Uh, all three of us hosts are going to join it, and whoever wins our little out of the three of us, we might add on to our uh, six-pack 
as a bonus or whatever, as a bonus win or two. But, uh, yeah, no, so last year Mark smoked me because for some reason I can't pick bowl games, but I can pick NFL games all day. Right. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, I just said right. That's funny. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason I can't pick bowl games. but So, of course, the matchups are number one LSU and number four Oklahoma. And then number two, Ohio State, number three, Clemson. So I guess we're going to start with uh, LSU and Oklahoma. Oklahoma was like that team that they just somehow, by the skin of their teeth, got in. Because Utah loses Friday night in the ugliest game, the ugliest first half I'd ever watched. And then, then Baylor, basically their offensive line just forgot to show up in overtime. Savannah, I think it was four plays. I don't know if you watched the Baylor Oklahoma game. It was four plays. Yeah. Over time, you saw what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're, it was like an offensive line forgot to get on the field. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this is awful. Like Baylor's de- this Oklahoma defense, which is just atrocious, is tearing them apart. So yeah, Oklahoma's gonna get in, but against LSU, Joey being the boys and Coach Eddie O. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna look like. Alabama, Oklahoma last year, but the score is going to be higher because they can move the ball a lot better. I think I think Oklahoma will put up points, but it's going to be like it's going to be like fifty six thirty five LSU. Pretty high scoring. Oh, I know. I enjoy the hell out of it. And the other one, try to hold your fandom back just a little bit. <laughs> Clemson, Ohio State. Now, I'm going to make you wait on this one because I know you're chomping the bitch just to pick your Buckeyes. But I picked Ohio State LSU as my game from the get-go of this year. I didn't think Clemson was going to win the ACC. Then again, I thought Miami wasn't going to just completely suck with their coaching staff this year, but that's my fault. Um, with that being said... Ohio State is the most dominant defense in in, in the um in college football. Maybe numbers wise not perfect, but Chase Young I I believe is as guardian. He's not actually a human. Um, I love Barrett. I love um not Barrett um Browning. That dude is a monster. I love the cornerback and that offense. I think Justin Fields gets a little too much hype. I think he's a little reckless with his running, but I love <laughs> I love Dobbins. So, Ryan Day's boys are rolling to the national title game to take on LSU in the title game I predicted at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to release that prediction until Kevin gets back, but I'm I'm looking a little uh, purple and yellow, if you know what I mean. Uh, Savannah, what do you think of this game? What do you think of the uh, two-three matchup? Uh, with Ohio State and Clemson, I'm sure you're going to be shocked, but I'm definitely picking Ohio State. Oh, shocker. <laughs> Ohio State, Ohio State to me is just an all-around team. Like their defense is dominant, but they're very—they have a good momentum and flow and everything on offense. Like they get the job done. Like I know the first half against Wisconsin looked like a completely different team, but they also showed that they can overcome. They hadn't been in that spot before. Then I think they showed that they only trailed for like less than ten minutes the whole entire season, and then they trailed for like over 30 minutes in that game. So it just shows that they can overcome 
situations like that, they're an all-around team. They have a good defense and they have a good offense. It's hard to pick against them. But I have seen a lot of people pick Clemson, and I. They've I, also been there before, so I understand why they pick Clemson. Yeah, me. Here's too. the one thing though. Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. Clemson, all Clemson's only two teams they've played well this year are Virginia, who got smoked by my Hurricanes, which is just embarrassing in itself, and then Texas A&M, who's just not a good program anymore. They kind of hang around the back end of the top 25, but they don't really become relevant. So this year. Everyone blamed LSU for having a crap schedule. I mean, Alabama for having a crap schedule. Clemson jumped right on that bandwagon with them. And then you have LSU, which just smacked the daylights out of every ranked team they played. Except for Alabama, that was close. And Florida was a little tighter than I liked, but that was back when I thought there was just a little prayer and a hope that LSU could win. They're the rebellion against the Alabama Empire, as I've been watching all the Star Wars movies, trying to get ready for... uh, Episode 9 next week. But, uh, yeah, I believe in the resistance of uh, Joe Burrow and Ed Orgeron. Um, Speaking of Mr. Burrow, Savannah, we got Heisman on Saturday. Two of your boys are going, which I don't think has happened in a while, right? Right. Yeah, so we got Chase Young, who is kind of like, if Burrow doesn't win it, I want Chase Young to win it. And then you have Jalen Hurts, which I think is so cool Jalen's going. Even just to be a Heisman finalist after, like, you know, being benched for Tua. Uh, don't get me started. I just think Tua is, like, overrated. I think he's, like, uh, I just – I love Tua in college. But I just don't think he'll be a good co- – he'll be an okay NFL quarterback. Everyone was so high on Rosen and Darnold. I think they're both going to be, like, average. Well, Rosen's trash, but Darnold's average. <laughs> Like, there's nothing that wows me about um, Tua. There's only a few things that wow me about Burrow. Burrow can, like, put a – Burrow is a great, like, gamer. But the NFL is weird, and the transition is weird. Because Patrick Mahomes looked inconsistent. Carson Wentz played in a D2 school, and uh, Tom Brady – Barely showed up, barely showed up in the national map at Michigan, but and Aaron Rodgers played at Cal. Like Wait, really? First. Yeah, Russell Wilson got kicked out of a, a ACC school and had to go play at a uh, Wisco for a year. So like, this is what happens. Like it's 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 college quarter predict. I just named five of the top seven or eight best quarterbacks in 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 the NFL right now. And they all came out of random situations. So that should tell you everything you know about Burrow and uh, Tua. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a a good NFL career, especially if if Lincoln Riley can keep working with him on his mechanics. Because basically, Savannah, I don't know if you've heard about this kid off the field when he's in, like, the weight room. He works out like a running back or linebacker. It's insane. Like he was a he like was a competition weightlifter, and that quarterback that's like completely unheard of. Right. So, but if I'm gonna make my Heisman pick, if I I want I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna roll the dice. I'm gonna say Chase Young wins. Nice. Because I think if I'm gonna go in order of votes, it's gonna go 
Chase Young by these slims. This is this is me hoping. The logic in my head says Burrow wins, Young second, uh, Hurts third, and Justin Fields is just happy to be there. Because honestly, if you were going to talk about the most impressive guy on that Ohio State offense, it's Dobbins. So I was not. I like. I think Fields needs another year to to like develop. He's good, but like he didn't. Like I was like, oh god, there's Justin Fields. I'm like, oh, there's Fields. Okay, he's fast. Great. He, he's got an arm. Good. Wow me. Burrow wows me. Tua, as much as I think he's mediocre, wows me. I mean, not mediocre. I think he's just, he's good, but not great. He wows me. Jalen Hurts, definitely wows me. Baker, definitely wowed me. Eh. Justin, show me something. But, um, yeah, no, I, uh, that's how I think it's going to go. What do you think uh, Saturday's going to look like in, in terms of uh, vote getters and such? I, if I take my bias completely out of this. And I like thinking about like how the rankings are going to go for the Heisman. I do think that Justin Fields will be fourth in the voting. I think he deserves to be there, but I don't think he deserves to win. Like you said, I think he needs another year. Um, Jalen Hurts doesn't know how to protect the football. So that's kind of a deal breaker for me. So then it's between Joe Burrow and Chase Young. And Chase Young is just so dominant. It's crazy. But it's hard to vote against Joe Burrow just because of everything that he's done and accomplished. And he's really made LSU this huge like contender this year, like, like favorites for the championship. And he won the um, associated press player of the year. And only five times the winner of the AP press has not also won the Heisman. So it's, I have to go with Joe Burrow. You got a point. I mean, if I'm going to pay, if you say, Jared, if you're going to bet money, who are you taking? Like, I'm taking Burrow. But right. if you gave me some house money, oh, I would so take Chase Young. He because, want him to win. I, oh, yeah, no. And also, like, he's had such a dominant season. I know. It's like you kind of have to throw his name in there. It's not like it's not like when, like, Ndamuk and Sue and, like, Tyron Matthew were finalists. Because, like, yeah, they were good, but, like, come on. Like, Matthew had to do, like, punt returns and all this crazy stuff. Like, this dude just plays one position and is so well, so damn well at it. I almost think, I'm just really hoping the Giants don't draft him. That's basically how my head is going at this point. So, uh, yeah. That's our Heisman preview. And speaking of Coach O and Joe B, she spoiled already the Walter Camp Awards um uh, Joe Burrow won Player of the Year. But my boy, Eddie Yo, winning uh, Coach of the Year. I love Ed Orgeron. He's my spirit animal, as we established. I just love how he is as a coach. Like, he's a coach that I would die to play for. You know, I was still playing. I was playing ball in college or in high school. He's just he, – I just love his attitude. Apparently, he ordered, like, four pounds of crawfish or something like that, or 12 pounds of crawfish for when he tried to recruit Burrow to come uh, to LSU at, uh, in the transfer thing. So – because they were out of crawfish, and I just thought that was the greatest story I'd ever heard. I'm like, that's just so classic. Go, Joe. I love it. But, Savannah, uh, I think it's time for me to get this this party started right, right? Right. Let's crack a six-pack. 
All right, today's beer is Yeast Rutherford. Uh, it's a hazy IPA by, um, I think, Relic Brewing, maybe? I don't know. You it's basically two Transformers. It was a Transformer fighting a Titan on top of the Meadowlands. You always have these interesting beers that I've I, I love IPAs, so basically, yes, that's what I drink. Oh, but, but before the show, I had a Elysium Bifrost, which... The Thor reference by itself should tell you I drink this, but it's a good winter ale, so try that too. I'm just doing shameless plugs for for beer companies. Hopefully somebody throws us a sponsorship. I love it. With that in mind, let's get rocking and rolling here. Um, I will reveal when Kevin comes back. I think I'm still. Hold on. We all missed on. By the way, we all missed on Utah. I, oh man, I missed on Baylor. We all hit on LSU. We all hit on Ohio State. Me and Kevin hit on the 49ers. Um, me and Kev both hit on the Ravens. Oh yeah, you picked the Ravens too. Yeah, we all hit on the Ravens. Sorry, I forgot to write your name down. It was up higher on the line. I hit on the Chiefs. Yeah, baby. I should have taken my upset pick. Oh, my God. And then um, we all missed on the Seahawks. Right. I, I hit on my I hit on my gimme with Philly over New York. Of course I did it. You know I wouldn't. <laughs> I think Kevin – did Kevin hit on – who won, Boise State or Hawaii? I don't know if Kevin hit on that one or not. I feel like he did. I don't know. All I know is that I think I've gotten, like, one gimme pick the whole damn year. <laughs> yeah, your one game if you pick was LSU because you used malcontent, and that's why you can only use your powers for good, not for evil. Right. And so, and basically, I'm still I was bitter with those evil fish down in Miami for beating my Eagles. So basically, I was like, do it. I made a Star Wars reference during our executive meeting on Tuesday, and I thought KJ was gonna fall off his chair. He was laughing so hard. We were talking about, you know, letting pe- certain, like, people who weren't, like, producing go. And I went, execute order 66. <laughs> and all of our Star Wars um, fans, that is when, you know, Palpatine got rid of the Jedi. But I said it in that accent. And I swear to God, our director of merchandise almost fell off his chair. He was laughing so hard. It, it was perfect timing. But, yes, Kevin hit on Boise State. So, there you go. I'm still in first, but not by a lot. It's uh, my two-game lead continues. I'll, I'll release official scores later. Ooh, but, wait, I got it down to two games. I think so. Yeah. Because I think you hit on your upset pick. No, you didn't, because you had Miami over New York. Darn. It's all right. So. It's not two. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, quickly, I will make sure I get these down. I can't open my phone because apparently I'm, like, mentally impaired. Uh, so, first game, Savannah, Texans and Titans. This game, the way that the Titans have been playing recently, honestly, blows my mind. Because, but, obviously, they're a whole new team with Ryan Tannehill, and Derek Henry has came into himself again this year. The Texans looked like crap last week. And, I mean, this is literally for the division. And the Titans are right on the bubble right now. They're not even technically in the wild card. Which is ridiculous. I know. 
The Steelers are in it. I, I I hate Steelers fans because they they're only thinking this duck guy or whatever his name is is like their savior. Right. Okay. So I'm picking the Titans. All right. I am also picking the Titans. Here's why. Now, everyone always remembers how, you know, everyone's always like, oh, my God, Derrick Henry. The real unsung hero is number 17, Ryan freaking Tannehill. All right. This dude has showed how horrible Marcus Mariota was this year. I'm blown away with how how well he's playing. He's been an angry runs nominee on, on Good Morning Football. He's, like, had a great passer. He's had a good to above average passer in every single game. And also, somehow, Derrick Henry's been resurrected from the dead and is taking over the NFL again. So, with that in mind, i got to take tight, uh, Titans. And Mr. Langley took the Texans. So, I think it's only because they beat his Patriots. Yeah, you were you were right about Tannehill's passer rating. It's been um, 100 or higher for six of his seven starts. See, somebody's finally paying attention to the stats. Just took me a while. Um, now, next up, uh, Vikings and Bills. No, not Vikings and Bills. Vikings and the Chargers. Well, as much as I want to go with the Chargers, just because... If there's this scenario where if we beat the Bears and the Rams win and the Chargers win, the Vikings will no longer be in the playoffs. But I can't pick against the Chargers, against the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is doing really well lately. And it's the Chargers, they blew out Jacksonville, but I feel like a lot of teams are doing that this season. And the Packers lost to the Chargers, but there's always that one game where it's just like, wow, how did they lose that? So, I got to pick the Vikings. I am with you on that one. I am picking the Vikings for one reason. It's actually two. Mr. Stephon Diggs and Mr. Dalvin Cook. I have rode these two all the way to the first round by that I have in fantasy. I need Mr. Cook to finish the season with an absolute monster year, and I need, I want him on angry runs. I want to see him at the rushing cat in the rushing top five. I got the Vikes as well because I want my championship. And Kevin took the Chargers as his upset pick. Um, Bills and Steelers. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Bills. All right. Um, I said it a couple times on my sportscaster. I heard you say it on Tuesday. The Bills are legit. Like, this is a team. Like, I was questioning them just like I was questioning the 49ers at the beginning of the season. Like, oh, okay, like they're winning a couple games. But their defense is really good. And Josh Allen has just enough of a spark with his offense to keep them going. The Steelers are – doing good, and they're in the wild card and stuff, but I think that their time has come to an end. Um, so right now the line for Vegas is um, two and a, as one and a half. Um, it's the Steelers by one and a half, which wow. basically means only because they're at home, they're a favorite. Right. Because Vegas gives them three points. Basically, I would roll with that. Um, 
I think the Bills are going to blow them out. Uh, I think that the after last week, I think Josh Allen was a little like, all right, let's get back on the track a little bit. They played Lamar last week. Yeah, they played Lamar Jackson. I think they, they showed they were legit against the, uh, like you said, like all of us said this week, against the um, Ravens. And um, that offense, they're, you know, they're not going to scare you. But they're just a good, solid team. They're well coached. So there you go. Mr. Langley picked the Steelers. So, man, Kevin just doesn't want to go with us today. Oh, He's picked against us on every single pick so far. All right. Next up, Rams and Cowboys. Now, two teams, same problem, two different directions. The Dallas Cowboys have lost three straight games, and I cannot figure. I mean, I'm starting to figure them out. I've they're 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 this year's like hyped up team in the beginning of the season that just fizzles out when they start playing legit competition. Whereas the St. Louis Rams, I thought were that team as well, and then they beat the brakes off of the Seahawks. So I still have the Rams. Because they have the Cowboys number in the playoffs and regular season the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm going with the Rams, too. I picked against them, against the Seahawks, but... I mean, if they play the way that they did against the Seahawks, against the Cowboys, then they're also going to blow them out. The Cowboys, we said this before, home field advantage for the Cowboys is nothing to be scared of. People beat... Dallas at it's home. It's basically half a home game. Right, yeah. Like, people beat Dallas at home all the time. It's it's not a scary place to play. So, uh, Jared Goff looked really good. Todd Gurley finally got in the game. Um, it, and for a while, I had Cooper Cup for um, comeback player of the year, and then he kind of fizzled out, and now he's coming back into play. So, I got to go with the Rams. All righty. Um... Yeah, there's no I, – I honestly picking the Cowboys in this game. The only way the Cowboys could win is if they get the ball rolling early and Gurley is slow. But even – they've we've even seen this year, golf is playing so well in certain – well enough in games. And the Cowboys secondary, besides Byron Jones, is not good. Yeah, their defense is just – It's, you know, it's, it's hilarious to me because everyone's like, oh, the Cowboys, I'm like – you know, everyone's like, oh, they're going on how they smacked Philly around. And I'm like, yeah, it was basically turnovers by off, like, you know, missteps and their offense against the JV secondary. But, you know, good one, shooter. Let's see what happens. Um, next up, oldest rivalry in the NFL, Bears and Packers round two. Uh, your pack one in week one. I have them winning again this week. I cannot, in good conscience, to the listeners of America, even for one second, believe that the Green Bay Packers will lose to Mitchell Trubisky and the, the Chicago Bears. The uh, Bears. I, I, I can't. It's it's not humanly possible for that man to beat the Packers. Yeah, welcome to the 200th meeting between the Bears and the Packers, and it just happens to be at Lambeau in December where Aaron Rodgers plays his best football. Um, so the Packers have won 
six out of the last seven against the Bears. And one, the the loss that they had was last season, the second time that they played. And it was still a close game. The last few meetings have all been decided by a touchdown. But the game that I'm thinking about is week one of last season where Aaron Rodgers was down 20 to zero, came back with his injury and took the Bears by storm. Literally. That, that was it was so funny. I was like watching like the Titanic sink. You just saw it happen in slow motion. I mean, I was in tears. Like I was literally crying at halftime. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like he just came back from an injury and now he's hurt again. And then at the end of the game, I was also in tears because I was so shocked of what happened. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play great football. It's at home in December. Mitchell Trubisky's kind of been getting up there, but we have Zadarius Smith. We have Preston Smith. Rashawn Gary, our rookie, has kind of been coming into his own. Uh, Darnell Savage looks really good recently. Like, our whole defense is starting to come together again. I wouldn't say like it was the first four or five weeks of the season. When they played shitty competition. Right, exactly. But they're still doing good. Sidarius Smith is the number one double teams player, and he still has the highest pressure rating on a quarterback this season. Like, There's Savannah's insane stat of the day, folks. <laughs> uh, and Alan Lazard, which is uh, a no-name receiver for us, has really been stepping up. Devontae Adams has been stepping up again. So I got to pick the Packers. I think it's going to be close. I don't think they're going to blow them out. I still think it's going to stay within that touchdown range, but I still have the Packers winning. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. I saw the Packers as well. And so does Kev. We got a clean sweep going across the board. Um, It's not even fair. So, now we've got the uh, the servicemen game. Uh, it's the last college football regular season game before we hit bowls. Army Navy. Now, as many of you know, me and Kev's boy Patrick Donahue, uh, friend of the show, loyal listener, is an Army man. Kev picked Navy, Pat. So I want you to yell at him because Pat, for my upset pick of the week, I'm picking the Cadets. I'm going with Army to upset number 23 Navy. I think this game just brings it out in the two of them. Like, they don't – like, the rankings don't matter. The records don't matter. It's such a rivalry. I've got Army winning. Savannah, you're the tiebreaker here. Army or Navy? Listen, I don't know too much about these teams, but I know that it is a brawl when they face each other. I have watched a couple of their games, and I know that they go hard. Like you said, it doesn't matter about records or standings or anything like that. They – it just brings out like this side of the team that you don't see all season. But... It's just a fun game to watch too, like because it's all option football. It's like watching high school. Right, exactly. But I gotta go with Navy. All right, so Pat, you hear that? It's just me against the world in this one. So <laughs> Kev's mail-in pick, he took the Seahawks over the Panthers. I took Philly over Washington. Savannah, who's your male? Uh, Savannah, you're so our both. I think we both took Tennessee as an upset. If you want to take that one, or yeah, I was take, gonna ask about that one. Or you can take another one if if it's not. Um. Wow, no, 
Tennessee's actually the favorite. Oh, wow. Okay, so then I do have to find an upset. I'm going to go bold, and I know it's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to pick the Falcons over the 49ers just because. Ooh, I was, you know, it was so funny. I was looking at that game a little bit. I'm like, is there any chance? There's some kind of a chance. Right. I mean, I think there's a slim chance just because I'm thinking about how the Falcons tore up the Saints the first time that they played. And the Falcons have came to play in almost every game. Like, they have nine losses, but they've been close. So they they lose, but they lose gracefully. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm going to pick the Falcons. I don't necessarily know if it's going to happen. I'm not saying that I don't think it's going to be a blowout whatsoever. But I think if the Falcons take the lead early, that I think that they're going to be able to keep it. Yeah, I agree with that. I honestly, uh, I really do think that um, I can see the Falcons doing it. I don't think it's going to actually happen, but I could see it being a possibility. All right, folks. Wait, wait, wait. I have a stat. I wrote oh, down a stat. Okay, folks, she's got a bonus round of, of Savannah's wacky stat of the day. Here we go. Okay, to help my pick for the Falcons over the 49ers, Matt Ryan is 4-0 versus number one pass defenses in his career. Hmm. For a guy who has a, 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 like a reputation for choking, that's actually pretty impressive. I know, right? All right. That is that that may be the winner for best stat of the day, honestly. <laughs> I mean, my ta- my Tannehill stat was a was a good nominee, but like uh, I think that one wins. All right. So, folks, let's uh crank that smooth jazz. So, on Tuesday, you heard me you heard Kevin go at me repeatedly how Wentz was not elite. Now, <laughs> Oh, my Lord. I'm about to put him to bed. I sent him the stat I discovered this morning. So, as of right now, this season, Mr. D- Mr. Carson Wentz has 22 touchdowns and only 7 picks. Mr. Deshaun Watson, with the top three receive- with the top receiving core in football, has 24 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Zach Prescott... Who has a top 10 receiving core, a top 5 running back, has 24 touchdowns, 11 picks. Carson Wentz, who's getting torn apart, has 22 and 7. And basically had, has two practice squad receivers, a third round rookie who's got one career touchdown catch, and five career catches total, and Nelson, no hands Aguilar. <laughs> and he's had four ga- three game winning touchdowns against. New England, Atlanta, and Detroit all dropped. Oh, and a rookie running back, for good measure. So, I'm going to put this to bed right now. Carson Wentz, I ranked him, I think, this year at sixth among quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he was top six behind Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I can't remember who the other two were. Savannah helped me out. I'm trying to think in my head who they were. Oh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. At least for now. And there was one more, and I'm going to forget it. I'm going to feel like a dummy for doing it. <laughs> hmm. No, he may be six. Yeah, so I've had him at six. Russell Wilson, I think. Was, yeah, I, 
I already said Russell. I made if I didn't, it's Russell Wilson. So no particular order. But I had Wentz at six, and everyone's like, "Oh, what? That's so homers! Well, it's a Sean Lamar and and Dak." And I'm like, "All right, first of all, Dak's played great this year, but also a lot of Dak's stats have been padded by the fact that he's lit up some really bad defenses." Deshaun Watson's great. Yes, Deshaun has a shaky O-line, but he also has the most receiving, co- best weapons in the league at receiver, and also has the speed of a slot receiver, so he can get out of trouble a lot and get rid of the ball. Once he's coming off two horrible injuries off of freak hits, has a shaky offensive line that gets, seems to get injured a lot, even though they're, they still are somehow ranked in the high top, in the top five in pro football, pro football focus every year. A rookie running back. And now he's down to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Houston Cougars quarterback legend Greg Ward, and the cousin of Thomas Davis, Robert Davis, who's played four career games. Oh, and if he somehow miraculously gets healthy, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> and you know what? Washington and New York and even Dallas should be afraid because not only did we, did we find a semi, you know, a cheap, cheap kind of knockoff version of Darren Sproles and Boston Scott, but now once he's getting on the page with these new guys and the Seagulls teams finally got a win and is tied with Dallas six and seven and Hopefully Daniel Jones will be back week 17 when they got to play for their play in to get in. The defense is healthy. Yes, Carson doesn't have Alshon or Deshaun, but guess what, guys? Deshaun Jackson's back wildcard weekend, I believe. I think it's eight weeks. Yeah, wildcard weekend, he's cleared to play. So basically, if they get to wildcard weekend, you get another weapon back. And this fall, this time, Davis can maybe be good. Oh, oh, by the way, Savannah, I think they have the, the best receiving tight end in the league. Or, or top two. That that Ertz guy, right? Right. Probably three. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. <laughs> He's a better tight end than Kelsey. What? Yes. Oh, I've, I've said it multiple times. George Kittle is the best tight end in football. I agree. But then it's Zach Ertz. Kittle is everything Zach Ertz is with better pass blocking and more explosive speed. But Ertz is a better route runner and is more physical than Kelsey and Travis Kelsey could not block out could not put on sunblock much less pass block <laughs> or run block so I can I can agree with you on that one he does have some struggle blocking but I feel like he's never blocking he's always running around well I don't care I expect my tight ends to block <laughs> running plays I'm running plays I will not consider you a top a top three tight end until you can block I never consider Vernon Davis top tight end or even Jimmy Graham because they can never block Oh, yeah, Jimmy Graham could not block to save his life. That's why I always would put Gronk ahead of Graham. It's because Gronk could run block. I expect you're you're a hybrid offensive line (laughs) tight end, an offensive line wide receiver. You need to be able to block. Right. That's why Ertz is better. And they also have Dallas Goddard, who's probably one of the best young tight ends in football. So, who else said mine? And they get Jordan Howard back this week, week most likely. So they'll have Howard, Sanders, Jai, and Boston Scott on the roster. Um, Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz is coming free. He's been getting shit on all year. I might even, this isn't me even, he, yes, he's my favorite player because he's the quarterback of the team I grew up loving. But it's, 
it's the things I see him do when he makes four to three defenders miss, rolls out to his left, then cuts back to his right, and throws the ball across the formation to hit Zach Ertz down the field. And then, you know, when the game is on the line, they're down, they're down 10, 17, 10. He leads a game-winning drive, gets them, gets them to score. And then in overtime, it was like clockwork surg- surgical precision. Bang, 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 ends on touchdown, game over. I'm like, all right. The second he got that second pass off right before they went to Ertz, I'm like, up, oh, game's over. I don't even need to look. So, I think this is the spark the Eagles needed. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. They could go to the wild card. They could beat, they could beat Seattle at home. Because clearly Seattle was not the team we played. Seattle, without with Wentz playing a crap game, only beat us by seven. And then, what else? The NFC is such a weird team because everyone we thought was unbeatable is not unbeatable. I don't. I I, I would take us in a fight over. I, I would give us a fighting shot against San Fran, against Seattle, against Green Bay. Listen, the, all of the NFC is. It's a dog, it's a dog fight. Yeah. It's basically, what it is. It's what it is every year. The NFC playoff has always been the Thunderdome because you're never safe. There's never a safe pick in the NFC. The AFC, yeah, the AFC is like playing golf, man. It's just Brady and maybe two teams just blasting ahead of all the other rejects. And then this year we're gonna have two very good wild card wild card teams. The the loser of the Houston uh, Houston Tennessee matchups and uh, Buffalo. And then you're gonna have and then you have of course the winner of the Houston Tennessee matchup, KC. Um, Lamar Jackson, the boys, and then Tommy Brady. So the AFC is very good. As much as we, you know, we were bashing the end of the year, they have a lot of good teams, but the NFC just like, what the hell? It's just like the Thunderdome out there. So <laughs> that's all I got. I'm Jared. That's Savannah. I know ever, all you ladies miss Kevin so much. He'll be back on Monday or Tuesday. For all of his snarkiness, his mom, his, his my mom is gone jokes. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.